Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. As always, it is such a pleasure and an honor to offer these interviews because I believe that ordinary people like you, like me, like my guest, are going through some extraordinary spiritual awakenings that are allowing us to align with something great or something grander. Doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it God. You can call it spirit. You can call it creator source. It really doesn't matter. It knows what it is. We are the ones who have to come up with a label that is comfortable for us. For a very long time, I couldn't call it God because I was frankly angry with God. I really didn't understand God. And eventually through these 17 years on this journey, I have come to be very comfortable with any label. And God, God is fine today. But anyways, let me introduce you to this amazing person. I was introduced to her by a mutual friend, Sharon. And one of the, the things that I'm excited about having Abby Rohr uh, joining us today is that she brings something unique to the table that I've not had in my interviews, which is somebody who will specifically speak about money karma. Because you know what? We all have to heal everything, and money is something we have to heal, our relationship to money, that is. So, Abby, thank you so much for joining me. I am super excited that you are part of Align with Lina today. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have our conversation. Yes, I, I am. I'm thrilled because, as I said, we have to heal every single relationship with everything, with food, with our body, with the environment, with others, with, you know, with with the earth, uh, the sky, with the air, with everything. So money is definitely one of those that we have to heal. But let's start um, where I start with everybody. Share with me, when did you begin to realize that there was more to life then what you have been taught is what reality is all about. For me, that moment happened when my mom passed away and I entered into the dark night of the soul. And oh my gosh, my life was turned upside down. And I began to discover this unseen world that I had no idea was not only available, but is actually what ultimate reality is all about. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I was. I was raised in, first of all, I was raised in a challenging environment, number one, but also within that environment, there were also messages about, you know, my dad used to talk about uh, uh, things that were otherworldly. He, he, oh. had, um, he had intuitions, he had maybe psychic moments, I don't know. Um, there were, he talked about things like that going back in my lineage. Um, and he also talked about UFOs way back in the, you know, in the 60s, early 60s, wow. right? Wow. So um, there were so there were many challenging things in my childhood, and there were also kind of magical moments in my childhood. Um, when it really started to crack open for me um, is, a, is a little bit of a story. Those, you know, the challenges in my childhood led me to take on a 27 year compulsion. And it was in my great desire to heal that and not just heal it with my goal was not to just control it because I had tried for all those years to control it, to willpower my way into freedom, right? Or some kind of level of peace. 
But what what happened was that I began to have a sort of a spiritual awakening, you know, in the middle of a lot of um, huge challenges with this compulsion because it was really taking over my life and so painful. And um, I, in the fall of, it's been quite a long time now, but in the fall of 1994, so 20. I can't remember, maybe 25 years ago, right? Um, in the fall of, 20, of 1994, sorry, 1993, I began to have some kinds of awakening kinds of experiences. And in October of 1993, I woke up one morning. I hadn't opened my eyes yet. And I remember that... I knew my world had tilted in the middle of the night. It was as if some big guy, I don't know, some somebody major had flipped a switch and it felt as if either, it, it felt as if I had been living my life, I don't know if you can see my hands, but uh-huh. living my life like this and suddenly it was like this, but yeah. it was quite a strange, um, awareness that suddenly I was some maybe somewhat awake or starting to wake up and I remember being afraid to open my eyes because I it it was so terrifying to open my eyes because I didn't know if my daughter my young daughter who was probably about five years old at the time and my now ex-husband would be on the same page with me or if I would be alone in my, you know, in my new mindset, in my new awareness. And so what happened is that I eventually opened my eyes and everything for them was the same, but everything for me had changed. And what happened from there is that I ended up having a, you know, some months, couple months later, I ended up in the middle of a spontaneous Um, spiritual healing journey and crisis led up to that crisis in my marriage actually led up to that and I you know my when I realized I was about halfway through that process when I realized that I could heal something and what I really wanted to heal was my marriage but I I also quickly understood that that wasn't in the cards and so I made a conscious choice to heal the compulsive behavior and a um, few months later, I came out the other side free of it. Wow. So so you've said so many things. We could spend a couple hours just talking about that. <laughs> it's uh, so beautiful because I, I so completely relate that your world was reoriented. I, I too, experienced that. It was a little bit gradual in some in some instances and then very drastic in other places where I began to realize, oh, my gosh, I see the world so differently. I remember one specific time. Uh, this was probably eight years ago, nine years ago. I was picking up my then husband at the airport. I was waiting for him and I'm standing in the area waiting for where all the passengers uh, come up that the major escalator here at the Atlanta airport and I'm watching everybody and I'm hearing their conversations. But I knew that that what they were seeing and what I was seeing was so different. 
what they were believing that their conversations were about things that were so not what was going on in my mind. And I knew I'll never be able to enter into that that three dimensional world and be able to relate to people um, in the way that I used to, because my perspective of everything was it was 180 degrees. Um, and of course, and it's taken me all this time still to integrate that in and um, live into that. But also you mentioned how you were trying to heal your relationship, your marriage. I've in, in the last since my awakening, I've had two marriages and two divorces. Well, one I was already married to and then two divorces. It changes your world when you when you get shifted. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you dealt with that particular divorce? And then I would like to know how you how things were with your daughter, because that's so important to to give people um, examples through this this program so that they can see how we we aligned ourselves in marriage differently or in, in relationship with our children's differently. How did you and your husband uh, come to terms with your shift? Well, uh, it took time before I, I was really in a marriage where I kept trying to leave because it wasn't right, but I could, never could. I was, I, I was literally trapped as addicted. I was an, I was in an addictive marriage. And it, it, and so when I talk about the compulsive behavior, that too was an addiction. So mm -hmm. the first addiction that I healed, and, and I'm not talking, I, I want to be really clear here. I didn't experience a one day at a time kind of, you know, 12 step kind of situation. I was, I went to a moment of crisis, I guess a hitting bottom kind of crisis with the compulsion. And then I was healed free. And so it's, it's, it was a, a mind shift. Um, I won't go into all the details about that, but I just wanted to be clear about that. Um, and so it was maybe six years, five years later when my marriage ended. Like really. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. Thank and, um, and then at the time I was studying a course in miracles and I, basically what happened is that I adopted one of the lessons of, of the, of a course in miracles as a mindset to help me through the divorce. And, um, and I may have, you know, in my memory, I may not have that lesson, right. If I talk about it, but I basically went through the divorce with a mindset of um, my salvation is in my defense lessness. So I went through it in or you know in a way to not be defensive in a way to get through it for our daughter and for both of us without a lot of you know without fighting without a lot of challenges and with without as you know with as little drama as possible um you know it was challenging obviously very challenging for my daughter um and, you know, today, I'm sure she still has challenges from the divorce. She's 30, yeah. 31. 
with kids, you know, with kids of her own. And I'm sure she still has some challenges about the divorce. But also what I tried to do with my daughter was really do my best to be real with her about my own journey, about my spiritual journey and about and also about taking responsibility as much as I could for my own pieces of the puzzle Mm -hmm. and and in our relationship in my relationship with her. So a lot of my own healing journey, which be actually began with healing that compulsion, it didn't end there. It began there. And um, yeah, so I, I basically have um, really done a lot of work, like very conscious work about my relationship with my daughter as well through all of this. Oh my goodness. That's beautiful. So I, uh, you and I had not really, uh, talked hardly at all because we were just recently introduced um so i don't i don't mean to correct you but i'm a student of the course and i also lead uh classes so <laughs> the only reason i want to uh make sure that i mention the correct lesson is because it's a powerful lesson and it actually is a lesson that helped me with my most recent marriage because uh, i too had to correct an addiction in that marriage and so it's lesson 153 and it's okay. in my defenselessness my safety lies ah good thank you but it's the same thing my salvation is in my defenselessness as you were saying because when we come to the place that we realize that there's nothing to defend that who we are is okay as we are we begin that real real process of transformation where where we are acknowledging our wholeness our our you know what's okay with us what is perfect and beyond okay it's holy within us and that's what allows us to heal any addiction because i had to heal a major addiction um and that lesson specifically was one of the ones that also assisted me so that's going to be fun to talk about that you know, and you're talking about your daughter um, having a family and those things still being part of that. I have also come to realize that everybody's on their journey. My kids are on their journey. My divorces gave them opportunities for healing in their own journeys. Uh, some have seen that, some haven't. Some have seen parts of the healing that came from my divorces. Some, you know, some of my kids may still have other lessons that will come to them and they may not see those till they have children or till they go to, through divorces. Um, but what were some of the, the, the big lessons that you got from applying that lesson and finding that, that you're saved through uh, owning that defenselessness that, that you can be defenseless. Share a little bit more about that, please. <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure I consider myself any kind of advanced student of, of the course, and or, and especially at that time. For me, I really took that lesson kind of very literally. Um, so I just, you know, I, I, the course is so beautiful. And so I don't I don't even have words right to describe it and I just felt like there was a, a message there that I could literally trust so that if I brought that kind of defenseless mindset to the process of divorce then it would it would go smoothly and peacefully and that's what you know that's what I really wanted more than anything and and so I used it very very literally and I, you know, I would just remind myself of that throughout the whole process. 
Yeah, that, that's so beautiful. I, I too, like you, um, it, the, the course continues to teach me unbelievable things. I, I teach it because I am a student of it and will be first and foremost, a student of the Course in Miracles forever. As long as I'm in this incarnation, um, I know I will because it continues to to blossom. It's it's like a never ending uh, beautiful plant that just continues to blossom and, and opens up more and more um, beautiful aspects about it. It's just so rich. It's it's a living teaching. Yeah. yeah. But like you, uh, when I first read it, I knew I trusted it uh, without a an ounce of hesitation in me. I knew that every single word had power. And if I took what was said and applied it as it was said, that I could experience transformation. So I had no hesitation in that. So I'm so glad to hear that you, too, felt the same way. Um, do you mind sharing what some, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Well, no, no, go ahead. I, <laughs> oh, I was going to ask, do you mind sharing what some of these compulsions, these addictions were that you were able to heal? Sure. Um, so that 27 year compulsion was compulsive hair pulling. So okay. I was somebody who was racked with, you know, constant desire constant urges to pull my hair out and and it was a very shameful at the time it was a very very shameful you know hidden secretive thing that I did for years you know it started when I was about 12 and it ended when I was 39 and one of the most freeing things for me in in the healing journey was that when I came out the other side, I had no longer had any shame about it. That was like one of the biggest things for me that I was able to then start to talk about it and help other people. But um, so that was the first real addiction that I healed. Um, from there, I very that began a um, I made a commitment when I healed the hair pulling that I would that, that healing would be my spiritual path and that I wanted to become as free in my life in overall as I was there. So the next thing I consciously set out to heal was my addiction to drama and intensity. <laughs> and because I was raised in a family with constant drama and intensity and it was so painful. And then from there, you know, I, I, uh, healed at it and it wasn't just through the marriage but it was my um tendency to get very addicted in relationships and and how you know in kind of fantasy around the relationships so i you know i did conscious work about that um so much i mean there's just you know i have healed we're addicted to all kinds of things and i'm sorry i'm generalizing but humans are addicted no to so many different things and so many many i can't even count um all of the things that i have noticed that i've had kind of addictive um patterns around all kinds of things and oh, yeah. so i just um you know one of the things that happened for me is that i at that time, when I healed the hair pulling and a, a program poured out of me that closely approximated that process and that program for a long time became kind of my pathway 
that I kept using to heal these other things. Um, and it was after that, you know, that um, an actual energy healing method came came through. But um, I w really focused for many, many years on healing all kinds of whatever I found in me that was addictive. Oh, my goodness. I just love hearing you say this. Now, I want to address the hair pulling thing because I, I, uh, my former marriage, my, one of my stepdaughters had that. She was pulling her hair. And I remember she would primarily focus on her eyebrows and, and her eyelashes. And it was really a fascinating journey because it was, I had no idea that that existed. It, was, it never was in my realm of consciousness until that particular stepdaughter was doing that. And it was so uncomfortable for her and she had so much shame around it. Didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Um, so I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because some people watching this maybe might be as insensitive as I was the first time I heard that my stepdaughter had that. I was like, well, stop doing that. Um, but it, it is an actual thing. And, and it is, it's like anything. Once you start it, it gives you a level of, of comfort that you got to keep doing it. So it does require, like any addiction, um, a, a healing process. And then I agree with you about the drama and, and all of those other things, addiction to relationship. When I was married to my former husband, so I've got a, I've had a couple of husbands. I've had three, to be exact. The first one, I was only 17 when I got married. So I actually don't count that as a marriage. I call that legalized dating because <laughs> I was way too young. And the reason I got married is it, that that's a whole different story. I needed the stability of a family. Um, I had been living with a whole bunch of different families, almost like in this foster program that I think I live with five different families wow. over the course of maybe a year and a half. And when I found this guy who was in love with me, I'm 17. I'm like, I'm going to stop moving around. I'm going to get married and that's going to fix everything. But that addiction to relationships is so crucial that we address that because as, as women, now, of course, there's the, the man version of it. And as, as feminine energy, I'm going to call it because you could be gay and still have this same um, perception. Because I know some men who, who gay men who they feel the same thing. We are trained that as a feminine energy, we need a masculine energy to rescue us, to somehow complete us. Thank you, Jerry Maguire. And my mind had been filled with Disney movies where I was searching for Prince Charming to take care of me. And that was obvious only after I started doing my healing journey that I was programmed with that dependency. And it wasn't until my, my previous husband that I began to realize how addicted I was to my safety. It wasn't in my defenselessness at the time. My safety was in that marriage and him providing and, and him being this knight in, in, uh, shining armor on a, came on a white horse, actually a black Audi to be more specific. But anyways, so those things that get programmed into our mind is exactly what the course wants us to look at and begin to release because they don't provide safety. They provide dependency and dependency is imprisonment. 
So what are your thoughts around that? Oh, gosh, so many. <laughs> <laughs> A total agreement that dependency is imprisonment. And um, I, I believe that the universe is not, in general, set up for dependency. It doesn't support dependency. And that, um, you know, unless you're an infant or, you know, or, or you have, or, you know, elderly, or you you have some kind of challenge that causes you to need caretaking mm -hmm. by other people, aside from some very specific life phases and challenges, the universe does not support dependency. What it supports is taking full responsibility of for our own power. And yeah. I, I think if there's a theme for me, you know, we're going to talk about money, karma eventually and money and how did I get from where I was to there. I think when I look at the overall theme, it really relates to this because I think that we are here, you know, our human journey has so much to do with the dynamic of understanding where our power is and embracing being responsible for how we use our power so yeah. you know I was you know I could say with the hair pulling I was um, it was that was also about a power challenge for me and how I how I use my power and then how I use my power in relationships is you know it was a dependency um, you know I was I was you, like you thinking that, you know, if I find the right relationship or um, this person is going to rescue me on some level and really rescue me from, you know, what's going on in here, because yeah. yes. I really didn't physically need rescuing. Right. I just believed that I needed rescuing. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, what, what you're saying is spot on. I totally agree with you um, that as humans, we are we're not designed to be to be um, dependent, not not to be in that place of somebody else take care of me, except, as you said, there are times in life. But to me, I see those as opportunities for us to be loving to one another and not opportunities for us to create healthy mm -hmm. assistance. But where you're headed, where you're taking us, that um, this human journey is an opportunity. This awakening, this alignment is an opportunity for us to to claim responsibility is exactly where my journey took me was to to claim that responsibility, because when I was with my former husband, with Ken, I did not need rescuing either. I was a successful business person. I I for all practical purposes was many times the primary breadwinner in my my um, former marriage, very independent. And then I meet this amazing man. But for me, life gave me a very unique situation, not unique to me. It happens to a lot of people. Um, but I ended up getting married at the, the same summer, the same time frame that my youngest son started doing drugs. So for four years, my drug, my son going on a drug adventure had me uh, let go more and more of my work because I needed to, my son was dependent on mom helping him. And I had another son at home who was really struggling in school. So that former husband happened to be a millionaire, happened to want to share everything with me, extremely generous. 
But when I began to focus a lot of my attention on my my son who had a drug addiction and my other son who was struggling through school, it activated my husband's jealousy. So his addiction to me as his wife got kicked in and then my addiction to my husband providing for me got kicked up. So I could see that I was addicted to him for safety while at the same time, I'm helping my son realize that he needs to become responsible and give up his addictions to drugs. So I was kind of in a really unique place of observing my addiction to Ken and my son's addiction to drugs. And actually, my son Spencer and I are writing a book about those four years. And it is about the addiction that I had to Ken and my son's addiction to drugs. And it's actually the exact same thing. We both searched outside of ourselves for something to make us feel whole when we couldn't find that within ourselves. So I, I can't wait to hear about, you know, the things that came for you out of this search. Well, not a search, but a recognition of your needing to take responsibility for your wholeness. So please say more about that, Abby. Well, I think that um, <laughs> I think that process continues on for me. Um, I, I don't know where the moment will be. I, I mean, I've been on that journey for a long time and it's, you know, I've reclaimed and reclaimed. So I, I think so much of that wholeness, but I think that process continues. Maybe it's going to continue till the day I die, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it's all about the journey, right? People say, yes. Yes. um, yes, yes, yes. yeah, so it's it's a process, I think, bit by bit of of, um, you know, reclaiming what we have kind of shoved outside of us and pulling our energy, you know, maybe our energy of wholeness back together through a lot of different in a lot of different ways. I use, you know, I use some specific healing to reclaim those parts of me and and reconcile those parts of me. Yeah, I did the same thing. I, I was given a, a workshop to teach. I began to feel guidance of a of a being. For me, it was Jesus. I grew up Catholic, so it just made perfect sense that I would have a very familiar, probably at the, growing up, the most loving figure inside of of Catholicism for me was Jesus. If God would have shown up to me at that time, it would have freaked me out because I actually was scared of God. But I wasn't of Jesus. So I began to receive information for my own healing journey. And I received a workshop, a series of workshops that one of them contained one specific exercise uh, called shift and lift. And is what helped me begin to shift my low frequency thoughts, my fear based thoughts and lift into the higher frequency of love. And and as I began to practice that on me, I was able to teach that to others to move up a scale, you know, one being as disconnected as you could possibly be, afraid, totally, completely unease, and work your way up through the different layers of fear until you move through that forgiveness piece halfway in the middle into compassion, into um, into acceptance, and into empowerment all the way to 10. So it's just a, a real simple shift. You lift your energy, you shift your thinking, you heal because you forgive yourself, you realize you have both 
perspectives inside of you. So picking the one that makes you feel better. Well, why wouldn't you want to feel good? And that mindset began to create incredible uh, transformation in me. Um, and it's what I love sharing with others. And then I found out Course in Miracles teaches pretty much the same thing, only the breath of it is 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 what's so amazing and, and so deep that it, it just keeps expanding for me. But for you, you I, for me, it's to teach people how to become aware that they have those options. Um, we can choose what to think. What was it for, for you? It was through money karma, because I see that that's primarily what you teach. Take take us through that. What was all that healing about and what was that process like for you? Yeah, well, um, again, that is something that I continue to work on for myself. I work on it for my clients um, who are primarily um, business owners, entrepreneurs. But my work started when that um, when that program poured out of me after healing my compulsive behavior. And it, it what poured out of me was a self-help program that very closely um approximated the journey that i had been taken through internally okay and then as i began to put that program out into the world it took me many years to get that off the ground because you know hair pullers are um and, and compulsion sufferers in general you know it, it's feel so ashamed and and so challenged that it was hard to find my audience it took about 10 years to find my audience and because then the internet had kind of opened up by that point yeah but at, so as i began to put my program out and teach people the process that i had gone through i was also on my own journey i was continuing to heal the other things that we talked about um and sometime around 2008 i started ask and, and so i had already made the commitment that healing was my spiritual path at that point and that I was going to stay on the healing path. And so sometime around 2008, uh, I began asking spirit for better, faster ways to help people. And I never, ever, ever imagined that I would get an energy healing method. But what happened is literally one day I was given, um, I was journaling and some statements came through and I did not understand what they were, but I was, you know, I was used to now like being in communication. And so I just, you know, put it down on paper and set it aside. And a few days later, I woke up in a, an extreme pit, like a pit of depression that was very, un, you know, uncharacteristic for me. And I went through my repertoire of, you know, can I heal this? And, um, you know, will this tool that I had created you work? Will this, will this work? Will that work? And I kept getting no. And then I got that the, the information that had come through a few days before was the key. And that I, and I experienced a dramatic healing, which I couldn't deny. And that's when the energy healing came in. Um, so from that point, um, I was taken through, I've been taken through about 10 years internally of 
the work of leveling, of being shown how to heal various things. The first part was how to heal childhood wounds and emotions, trapped emotions, things like that. Then I was taken through this whole phase about karma. So when I talk about karma, I literally, um, I, I mean, I, it's not just a buzzword for me. I really do work with and clear the deepest soul level challenges that we face. Um, then I was taken through how to heal anxiety and drain it out of the nervous system and how to, and then how to heal frozen trauma, traumas that create PTSD and are trapped in our, these traumas are trapped in our cells. Um, and, and it went on like this. And at the same time, I was working with people around the world and I quickly found out that this, you know, conveyed over distance. Um, when I, I'm trying to pull it all back so that I answer your question, which is now kind of jumped out of my mind a little bit. This is perfect. Okay. Um, so all of these, you know, I guess what I would say is when I really think about it all, it's, it is all about reclaiming um, and becoming aligned with, for me, it's still about the, that thing about healing money is, is, it's a different level of the thing about healing addictions, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or the power challenges, right? Uh, the ways in which we, um, we're here on planet earth and the game here in my, you know, when I look at it, it's really about learning about our power, about our power with one another, about our, um, you know, how, how, how do we hold on to that? And what are the challenges when we can't keep our mindset right? So a lot of what I work with is it's, it's great when you can keep your mind, your mind positive and think your way into, um, maintaining that positive mindset, but there are also these places where many people can't do that. And that's where I come in <laughs> because the journey from my compulsion really was about this. Um, I made a decision. I think it would yeah, I think I could say a decision, but my decision was to not have to will myself to not pull my hair out day after day, moment by moment, right? Yeah. I would be free, really free to not have to be in willpower in every moment. And so that's the healing that, um, that worked for me. I was able to come out the other side and I have applied you know, that and other advanced principles over the years to do that same thing with other issues and challenges in my life. And so I've always looked at the places where we're not able to keep our minds um, in that positive mindset and what, what stops that, right? What stops us from addiction uh, is, and dependency is all about not having freedom of choice, right? Yes. It's about not, it's about giving your will over to something else. And so in order to solve that, I couldn't, I couldn't be dependent on willpower. I needed to find the place of healing beyond willpower. And so 
I don't know if this is making sense, but. Oh, absolutely. It does. Totally. But um, I think that that's kind of the overall theme of everything that I do and work with is not, um, is how do we get beyond having to like tightly control how we approach life and our relationships and our relationship to money or our relationship to success or our relationship to health, right? Yeah. Or partners or, or uh, yeah. friendships or anything or status, whatever that relationship is. Yeah. You know, something that you said that I definitely want to highlight because, you know, you and I are speaking the same language. But somebody watching this may may not fully be able to follow what we're talking about because this is based, you know, I've been teaching for 12 years. You've been teaching how long? I mean, long, long time. Yeah. So and we've I've been on my journey 17 years. You've been on your journey. Sounds like, you know, 25 some odd years. Yeah. Um, so we, we are we're speaking the same language because we've arrived. <laughs> pretty much the same thing. If every person who heals truly heals the divide that helps them align. And then of course that becomes a whole other journey staying aligned. But when you heal that divide with your soul, that divide with your, you know, that lack of awareness of who we really are. Um, once that's healed, everything shifts. But to get to that place where everything shifts, we have to know what it is that we're healing. And for me and what I'm hearing you say, it really is that we have we have been conditioned out of knowing how powerful we are. And when when we lose that that knowingness of this inherent power, the soul, the essence, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, that we are as this eternal being. When we enter this human experience, we begin to get conditioned to believe that we're just these fragile uh, humans. And we take on all of these these beliefs that I need this and I need that and that will make me happy and that will make me better and that will make me safe. That will make me special. And all of those things in searching outside of ourselves, we in essence disconnect from that power within. And those traumas that you're talking about, I have found that to be places within us, even if they're from past lives, where we have basically denied our own power and looked for something outside of ourselves, for something else to make us feel okay. Tell me if that is, is in general what you're talking about. If not, please add to it or correct however you see that. Yeah, so I, gosh, it's such a challenge. That's a, that's a, that's a real, um, I think I used to see it very, very much that way. And then this whole piece about karma opened up to me. And I found that I had to heal my karma. So, uh, uh, Karma to me are the um, trapped energies and the guilt and the shame that we're holding on to on a soul level. So I really want to be clear about that. I don't think God's punishing us. I totally agree. Totally I, yes. I think there are laws of the universe and we are part of nature and we fall under the, you know, we we have to adhere to those laws. And I, I think that we are um, 
I think it's built into our design that we hold on to um, that we're kind of self-punishing, right? That we hold on to even on a soul level, what we consider we um, things that we've considered ourselves to have, um, you know, done done wrong or hurt someone else or whatever, and. Um, so we carry this stuff inside of us on a soul level and then it bleeds through into our nervous systems on the human level. We don't really fully understand all the things that are driving us. And when I'm when I'm healing for people now, healing their money, karma, success, karma, whatever, anxieties, traumas, um, I get a real window into all the layers that are that are driving us, that are driving our um our challenges um, and um, and and why there are gaps between where we are today and the goals that we want, you know, the amazing things we want to achieve. Um, so the, it, it's, I think there's so much that I see about um, we're holding on to a lot of grievances um, grievances against ourselves, grievances against other beings who in this life or past life. And I didn't come into this believing in past lives, but it's it's the easiest, I think, way for me to talk about these soul level pieces, whether they're, you know, whether they're real or not real. I, I have, you know, been shown some of those things. Um, over and over and over again, but I don't get attached to that. What I see is that when I'm when I help people heal these layers, they get free, right? They get yeah. free of these things. But oh, yeah. um, underneath all of you know the words, the karma, the trauma, the anxiety that I talk about, are these places in us that. If we're holding grievances against other people, for example, because they hurt us in the past, even in a past life, we are also automatically holding grievances against ourselves. And we're carrying shame and guilt about that because spiritually um, it's it's not aligned for us to hold on to this stuff. And and we are doing this to ourselves. God isn't doing this to us. Yeah. It's, it, I don't know if that. No, it's Help beautiful. To address the totally, <laughs> totally. question, or yes, you you added a lot to it. I I completely agree with you. God is not out to get us at all. Um, if anything, we are healing our own misuse of the power that we've been given to have a wonderful, magnificent life. But we're misusing it out of ignorance, and we we didn't know what we didn't know. So that first. Uh, part of the journey of healing is so much of our, our of our woundedness as a child, those things that get picked up. But then the next part of the healing to me is exactly what you're talking about. We have to go more f fine tune the the disconnect with the our deserveability, our worth, our, our inherent worth, um, our magnificence, reclaim all of that. So Absolutely. That that is so crucial. And, and I'm sorry that 
she can only listen for part of our conversation. She's enjoying it because she's on a lunch break. So Anna, this, this is going to be on my Facebook page, um, and on my, um, also my podcast channel. So you'll be able to come back and listen to it anytime. I know what Abby is sharing is so wonderful. You won't want to miss it. Abby, talk a little bit more specific about the money karma as you're seeing that because those are very disempowering beliefs you know i had to face those with with my former husband ken and they were amazing i had no idea i had those beliefs around money um so share your perspective because that's what you teach yeah um so I, what I do or what I teach is that so much of what we're dealing with is unconscious. So the conscious things that we are aware of, those are, you know, they can be resolved pretty easily. But what do you do with the stuff that you don't know what's going on in there? And so, you know, so that's the work that I do so often is what's happening underneath these challenges, right? So there's so many, there can be so many layers on a soul level as to what's underneath a money challenge or a success challenge or, um, and, and karmically speaking, I am, you know, what I do is I work, um, I work intuitively in conjunction with, um, with spirit, um, with, uh, with Archangel Raphael, I don't usually talk about that, but, um, so I'm, I'm getting information in every moment about what the next layer is to heal. And so for me, I don't really see it as beliefs. I see it as what generated those beliefs. Mm -hmm. If there is a stuck belief, not so much what the belief is, but what, what's underneath it, what generated that, how did we come to that? And so sometimes we came to that through a pathway of trauma. Mm -hmm. And I also um, often find that after I heal a trauma, for example, that led to a limiting belief, maybe around money, that a lot of times I am as I continue to heal all the way down to the core, you know, layer, soul level layer, there are all kinds of other things like agreements and contracts and vows and, and all kinds of things from the soul level that, you know, ultimately led to that particular challenge. And um, again, layers of shame and guilt and grief and all kinds of, yeah. and, you know, and all kinds of other things. So, um, for me, I don't focus so much on the beliefs as what generated those beliefs. And then when I unhook them energetically, the beliefs just clear automatically. Yeah, well, what, what you're saying is really key because uh, like you, the belief is just a it's almost like that surface bit of information when we get to it, but it is attached. It is tethered to something else. I mean, some of my deepest healing was when I used a belief and began to go backwards and I went into past lives. I went into the year 1400 when I was being beheaded. And in that moment of that beheading, there was an agreement that was made. There was a hook, if you will, like you said, to the situation that with the same person at a soul level then had to be uh it's almost like re-experienced but not 
not my head didn't have to get chopped off, but my it literally, but figuratively, I had to open up my head to let some of these things come out that were hooked to what 500 years ago experiences. Um, can you give us an example of somebody that you might have worked with recently and some of those layers that that you were able to trace back to paint a picture? Because you and I are speaking something that we understand, but the audience may not. Um, do you mind sharing like a couple of those layers? Sure. Um, I was working with someone earlier today and we were working on a challenge with um her feeling like whatever money came in, she was, she was had to spend it. She had, it, it was like, she couldn't hold on to it. It's been a long time pattern. I look at patterns and cycles, right? Um, and so what was really underneath there? And so, um, when I began to heal on that and, and I had her do some preliminary work. In advance of the in advance of the session to kind of loosen some of the resistance because what we haven't talked about is how much resistance people have to healing and oh getting free. Yeah. Um, and so, in order to um, help to loosen that resistance, I take I sometimes give people exercises to go through on their own before I get to to the healing piece. But when I began to heal for her, the first uh, I'm trying to just remember this from memory, but one of the first things that I, um, well, let me back up for a minute. So part of my process, I think is important to, to just mention because I think people can start to become more aware of your own, you know, of, of your own challenges. So instead of focusing on, you know, like, like your, like your thoughts or analysis about the problem, I have people feel into it and, notice what their sensations in their bodies are, right? And how intense those sensations are because we're so in our heads all the time. We don't really realize that this stuff is trapped in our nervous system. And depending on how deep it is, sometimes, sometimes we really are in a situation where it's, it's really, um, bleeding into our present day experiences, but we don't realize it. We just think, oh, I have this pain or I have this pressure or I have this or I have that, but there's logic in all of this. Yeah. I think that's a big, you know, aha, is that even the things that seem like are so illogical or we can't figure out on a spiritual level, if we open the window to all of that, I believe there's always logic going on. Absolutely. And totally. The most crazy circumstances, if you open the karma window, you know, or the bigger soul window, there, there's so much logic to all the craziness that looks like it's happening here. Exactly. But anyway, um, so I have people focus on their bodies. And when I clear the energies from their bodies, they actually feel the um, sensations go away and then their minds clear automatically of some, you know, that's how, how my process works. But anyway, the first thing I healed for her was actually a, um, she had a sense choking sensation in her throat and a pressure in the, or a lump in her throat and, and a feeling of kind of being choked or pressure on the back of her neck. 
And the first layer I saw was actually a past life layer that I healed that was about her choking someone, about this past life self who's mm -hmm. male choking someone else about spending overspending or spending too much money so that's the energy that i saw and i cleared that and then i cleared layers of um i'm trying to just pull it all back layers of agreements and contracts uh, and vows in this lifetime and also in past lifetimes and what I do is I work layer by layer to energetically clear these things. It's it's pretty fast um, layer by layer process um, and pretty effortless for other people to experience. But basically what happened is that these sensations, these uncomfortable sensations diminished and diminished and diminished until they were completely gone. And when they were gone, now what happens is she's free to walk forward in her life as if those things, it's like she, she'll have the memory that, hey, I used to be like that, but all of a sudden she doesn't have to will herself into changing. Um, she just has, will have the freedom to walk forward as if she's just free of that problem. And, and really even free as if she never struggled with that problem to begin with. Yeah. So <laughs> well, that, that's so beautiful. But what we're talking about and, and oh, it's too bad we're uh, towards the end of our time together. I hope you don't mind hanging out for a couple extra minutes because this is just Not so wrong. But when we begin to move down this path, one of the things that I, I, I see in everybody is if you can be open, like you were talking about resistance to healing is so great, but the primary resistance to healing is because we're afraid of what, what we're, what's unseen, what's unknown. And that, that resistance to that healing is actually the way I see it. Part of that logical, uh, egoic need to protect ourselves. But when you move through that, you find that that defensiveness of that that need to protect yourself is actually the very thing that we have to become totally, completely defenseless to. Don't defend the need to protect yourself and release yourself into what else could there be. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, of um, what you have to will yourself to move through this intense fear that gets activated that if we let ourselves go into this unseen world, it takes us to realms of past lives, you know, all of these things that are still active because we are there. there is, what we are is is eternal. Everything that we've ever mm -hmm. thought we've ever felt is with us always and forevermore. But our ability to go in there and find those pockets, like you were saying, it's literally like popping a balloon, releasing this old energy, releasing these old agreements. And in the popping of that balloon, oh my gosh, all that gets created is space for something new to emerge. At, but something that we consciously want in that space, not something that we're unconscious to that literally weighs us down. So I love that you shared those those examples Um you know, we're coming here to, to the end. So please share 
any words of wisdom that you would like to leave our audience with? And, and as well as we want to let them know how they can find you because Abby, you've got such wisdom and, and um, I, I can sense that your processes are very gentle and very deep and very profound and life changing. So what words of wisdom can you leave our audience with, please? I think the most important thing that I can say is that there is always hope for healing, meaning I believe that pretty much everything can be healed and and that um, and, and you never know what magic could be on the other side. The, the thing is, when I was struggling with a compulsive behavior, it never occurred to me that I had a purpose in the world. I, I started to feel that just before all of this broke open for me. Um, but you're, you know, the, you're, you can choose to heal. It's, you know, it does take courage. I'm so glad you said that, Lana, because it just, it takes courage because we're so locked into our limitations, you yeah. know. But um, I just want everybody to know that there is, there is hope and there are realms of freedom and miracles, literal, literal miracles when you open the door to getting free and healing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Those, we don't know what we don't know. And to, to believe that what we know is all there is to me is one of the, it, it's the most, um, yeah. If I were to use the word sad, it, productively it would be, that's the saddest thing is to, to see people defend what they know as this is what's right. But yet when we open up to the world, to the unseen world, to, to what spirit, God's, whatever you want to call it, there is so much. There are so many miracles. There is so much love. There's yeah. so much joy. There's so much creativity. There's so much potential awaiting us. And that, that's one of the main reasons I do these, these conversations is because if we can inspire one person today, and I'm sure you have, Abby, um, one person to be courageous enough to say, well, let me go find out what it is that I don't know that but maybe it's it's going to give me information as to why I keep repeating things. So you have to look at do it. Your just look at your life. We do repetitive things. Would you like to do something fresh and new and creative? And just that desire is to me was sufficient to say, uh, take me in, take me down that path um, of the unseen. And you've got your guides that come in. I have my guides that came in. That they're all waiting because I tap into that that realm all the time. And they tell me they're all waiting for us to just extend our hand and say, please help me. They want to give us information. Abby, how can people find you and what kind of programs do you have going on that they could uh, connect with you on? Yeah, so um, I primarily work with business owners, purpose-driven and spiritual business owners who um, who are trying to get their amazing work into the world, but they feel blocked in terms of money and success and sales and all kinds of things. And so um, that's primarily who I work with. And they can find me at um, my website at Abby, A-B-B-Y, Roar, R-O-H-R-E-R.com. Yeah. And on 
Facebook, right? On Facebook at um, Money Karma. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for um, doing this interview with me. This has just been really incredible. So I just want to take a quick second to mention that next week on the next Align with Lina, I have Ali Pfeiffer, who is going to be my guest, and she's a body healer. So the work that she does, you know, like Abby, like me, uh, like every person who wants to help others heal, she had her own experiences and her work is through massage and through neurokinetic therapy. So she helps people release traumas in the body so that their their body can function um, in alignment so that their knees are moving in alignment so that there's balance in their hips so that everything functions in a in a way that it should. Our anatomy is designed in, in a very beautiful way. So that's what Allie will assist um, our, our listeners in discovering. So, Abby, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing so much wisdom. I could talk to you for hours, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It, as I said, it's just it's wonderful to have a conversation where we can really talk about the deeper, you know, the deeper pieces of all of this. Yes, yes, yes. And it's so deep. My gosh, that rabbit hole goes deep. <laughs> well, thanks a bunch. And again, to everybody who watched us, thank you. Please visit Abby's website, abbyroar.com. Um, I'll spell it one more time for, <coughs> excuse me, anybody who's listening on um, my podcast. And it's Abby, A-B-B-Y, Roar, R-O-H-R-E-R.com. And uh, you all have a magnificent day. Thanks a bunch. And I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.